Hey everyone! Today I'm going to be talking to you about some financial stability efforts. As you know, this podcast is about everything under the sun for our mental, spiritual, mind, body, and spirit health, along with financial, uh, you know, current events, things that affect our budgets every day, how to be our best selves and make the best decisions. So uh, today we're going to talk about stashing some cash. This is episode number 68. Financial stability. So I put together a listing of things that I wanted to talk to you all about because I feel like in this world that we're living in, there's such a demand for people to come and work for places. There's also a uh, real deficit, right, of people who need people to come and work for them. At any rate, I think that this pandemic has taught us all that um, your stability can go at any time, which takes it so much far beyond being able to take a vacation once in a while or be able to put food on the table. It's actually something that every single day, if uh, you are a stress thinker, are thinking that, you know, this is something that could happen at any time and I'm looking to be stable in my life as a result of this. And once this whole thing pans itself out and evens itself out, I want to be the kind of person who has the type of habits to do the appropriate things with with my money. And uh, at least that's one of the goals that I went into this year. And with this podcast being a part of, you know, accentuating our best selves and changing the lives in a positive effort for ourselves and the people around us, I definitely wanted to talk about some of the tips and tricks that I'm focusing on this year to try to help a little bit in the regards of stability. So I'm going to talk to you about this listing and uh, hopefully it helps you. So you might want to grab a pen and a piece of paper. If you're in the car or you're working out, then just listen to this podcast and hopefully it helps you. And of course, I'll be offering the opportunity to get back to me on anything I might have missed. And like the Dimensional series, it will also be a series of, you know, several episodes that are talking about different ways to combat and save some money in a very unusual time that this world is living in. The first thing that I wanted to talk about is, just like in the last episode, we talked about a nutritional and comfort food journal. I think that it's important to also have a spending journal. Uh, Just as it is with food and how we graze when we're bored and things like that, I think a lot of spending is associated with your emotional state. Either you want to keep up with the Joneses or you're tired of having the same old thing. So you want to upgrade and get something much more fantastic. Maybe it's out of your budget or perhaps you've lost some weight and you need some clothes or you've gained some weight and you need some clothes or you have a whole bunch of kids or maybe even a kid who just went back to school. You had to spend a bunch of money on that. So things come up, right? And then you've got to look back and find out what you spent everything on and In order to do that, it's the first step. But then from there, you've got to find out how much money am I spending on food? How much reoccurring services do I have coming out of my bank account? I.e. Netflix, Hulu, Sirius XM Radio, things like that that automatically come out of your account. A gym membership that it takes you a million dollars and a ton of paperwork and faxes to cancel. But I'm not speaking from experience on that. Wink, wink. Anyway... You get these things that come out of your account and they add up. Next thing you know, you feel like you're living from check to check. How do you get around from doing that, right? 
So the first step to doing that is going to be creating your spending journal. You want to know what you're spending things on. Some bank accounts now in this modern day offer that as a perk to banking with them. They'll do your bar graph of everything that you're spending your money on. Utilize that. Make sure that you're using the graphs and charts and percentages to figure out how much you're spending on groceries, how much you're eating out of the house, how much you are going out for drinks if you like the occasional cocktail uh, or habitual cocktail, depending, right? Uh, You know, how much do you spend on retail? How much do you spend on the recurring bills every month? And then once you take a glance and an eagle eye at that, you can then decide what you want to cut out, what you can substitute. And we'll break that down a lot in this episode also. So sit tight because this is just scratching the surface. So my first advice And something that I had to really uh, channel within myself, it wasn't easy, was finding my frugal self, okay? Now, I'm not a coupon cutter, definitely a participant in the age of technology, 100%. However, I did take a look at the spending journal and decided that there were cable subscriptions that I no longer used because I wasn't into that kind of TV anymore. There were things that I used to do in my spare time, hobbies, games, and things that I no longer played. So I went through and canceled the cable memberships. I went through and canceled the game memberships. Now, don't get me wrong. I still have things that I watch on TV. I still have games that I play and things like that. But the ones that I no longer use that were just kind of taking up space, got rid of them. I also went through and did a little bit of evaluation and auditing on my um on what I was looking at for my clothing habits what do I wear what do I not wear do I need to purchase xyz to last me for xyz amount of time do I have any celebrations coming up or anything like that where I would need to buy a new outfit or Do I have a dressy outfit that I feel good enough in that will suffice me until the next really big event, right? So right there, I'm not doing, you know, feeling an emotional associated spending on clothing because I could do that too. Uh, I've already said a million times in this podcast, I love nice things. So while I'm not so super huge on name brands, which I've been known to uh, dabble in a time or two. I also just want higher quality items that are going to last me a long time. So I don't mind spending a lot of money if it's going to last me a long time. But if it's just for the name, then forget it. So I find my frugal self. I go to discount stores and thrift stores before I go to the higher name brands just to find, you know, things that get me by. I uh, watched a show the other day. It was kind of fascinating. There was this woman... And she was homeless in Los Angeles and she lived on the side of the road and she was known as being like the craftiest person on the street. She would make doors out of sticks that she found. She lived by a national park in Los Angeles and she would take sticks and she made a door so she had like her own security system outside of her tent. And then when she got in the tent, she built like, you know, a whole bunch of tables and things out of the wood that was fallen on the ground from the trees in the national park. Absolutely phenomenal. Gorgeous furniture too. You wouldn't believe it. She made it with her hands, lacquered it, the whole thing. Well, 
she was found. I saw this as a show of people who go out and find homeless people and bring them to the charities that can help them the most and get them housing and things of that nature. And they put her in a house and they gave her a bed and they gave her all this kind of stuff, you know, her kitchen items that she would need, utensils and such, blankets, you know, things for the living room and stuff. And she did an update to her video and said, you know, come and see my house, you know. And so the um, people who interviewed her in the first place did a continuation of the video. And here you're walking through her house on the video and her curtain rods are made out of this gorgeous wood and it's sanded down and lacquered just like she did in the national park when she lived in the tent. Her uh, shelving was made out of the wood that she had gotten from the national park. The tables in her house were gorgeous. I mean, I mean gorgeous. She outlined them in leather accents and all kinds of stuff. And it was all things she found. She hung her curtains with an old purse straps, like two old purse straps. And it looked like genuine leather, uh, you know, curtain loops. I mean, absolutely super creative and fantastic. Didn't cost her any money, but I, as those of you who have been listening for a long time, know that I have a spiritual room in my house. The theme of my spiritual room is the Native American Indian uh, concept. So everything is, you know themed from the desert all the way to you know the great woodlands and things like that I've got a lot of wood pieces in the room okay I have been shopping for that stuff forever and the reason why I haven't gotten it is because it's considered specialty items and it is super duper expensive right so here I am watching this very fortunate homeless person who was finally given a break I'd felt so bad when I saw the initial uh, the initial episode. And then when the update came out, I was super excited. And because you could tell that this woman wasn't homeless because, you know, she didn't want to work or, you know, anything like that. She, she definitely was talking about how she couldn't wait to work, yada, yada. Anyway, not only that, but she had the talent to make these gorgeous pieces in her house. And I'm sure that, you know, at this point for how many people watch the YouTube video that she's selling those pieces, you know, professionally now. Uh, but that just goes to show you, you know, I could have spent $150 on, you know, a wooden end table or coffee table, you know, but here there's, there's the ability to go out there and get the stuff yourself and really throw yourself out on a limb and find out what kind of crafts you might be good at that you've never known about because you never tried them, right? So that's definitely something to think about. The next step is evaluate what you're spending your money on. Now, there have been months where I am like, I can't believe that I spent so much money on food this month. Or I can't believe that I didn't buy this, this, and this. I always buy this, this, and this. And I can't believe that I didn't save that much from not buying it. You know, just an evaluation and analytics of the type of things that you're putting into your spending journal is really what that's all about. You would be surprised at the drastic measures that you go through back and forth when you're doing this analysis. Another one is 
Evaluate the items that can make money for you and for themselves while you're not paying attention to them. And this is something that I'll hit on again in this list. So the best thing that you can do when you're trying to make money is put seeds out there in gardens where the plant will grow on its own and you continue making money doing what you have to focus on, what takes you the most stress. I will always tell everybody, if you have the ability to save money, save it because you never know when you're going to need it as a down payment on an investment property or if you're going to need it in a venture that you're going to go into. I've already told you guys before, I'm not pulling the trigger on anything right now, but I've evaluated buying ice machines and putting them up and down the beach for vending purposes and then just going and checking out the vendings every you know couple months. Soda machines, uh, laundromat services. I have dabbled in the Amazon fulfillment program. I have looked into, um, you know, ice cream uh, machines and putting them in different convenience stores. Different things that are little amounts of money that can take you a long way, that are very low maintenance and are making money for you while you're busy making money for yourself. Probably one of the most important things that you can do when it comes to trying to find financial stability is making sure that you have financial security that goes along with it. It's not easy to come by and it takes some risks and it takes some losses on your way there. There is really no such thing as getting rich quick unless you have money first. If you've got money to invest in a lot of things and a lot of people can get rich quick. But if you're someone like me who doesn't have that much money, then it's really an awesome way to look into enhancing what you already have and building uh, building money. And then once you build the money, then you can start talking about, you know, letting those items work for you. And for that, you uh, need to look into building your side gigs, right? Talked about that with you before. Uh, there are a lot of things that you can do on the side that can help. And I, I like to go off of hobbies. That's all what I've always done, really. Um, I had my business that I started as a hobby 20 years ago. It was making wreaths. And as you guys know, who've listened to this in, in the past, and I have a whole episode on it. Um, I started using my spare time when I wasn't working, making home decor. Started making home decor. Didn't really know much about it at the time, uh, but I wasn't fulfilled by it. So I decided to put a theme to it and started uh, working it, you know, with aromatherapy. I wanted to put a homeopathic way to it that could help people alleviate certain medical issues that they were having. Started selling the wreaths. Everything was great, but I had a full-time job the entire time I was doing that. Uh, Once I had gotten like 40, 50 different pieces on my hands, I decided to uh, then make a website. Had to teach myself how to make the website. I was working off of a server's salary and didn't have a lot of money to do that, Um, but I'd had all of this education in internet communications, marketing, promotions, technology at that time. And so I taught myself how to do all the marketing and you could even still catch a YouTube video now with me on it talking about internet affiliates and making money off of your commercials and things like that. Um, But in advertising for my own business, it was a really tough stretch, but it brought in the money that I needed that eventually I was able to quit working the serving job. 
which was also very stressful. So it was nice to have that to fall back on. Plus, I became the CEO of my own company and I got to, you know, have people working for me and getting shipments out, really learning about uh, how to make money in a business that I was never educated in. So it's definitely worth taking those risks and really pulling the rug out of some ideas and, and seeing what still stands afterwards. Uh, I am a firm believer in taking those chances. So another thing is differentiate between money that's worth it today and money that's worth it tomorrow. And what that means essentially is you have money that comes in that is yours for the time being, right? You know that, you know, sometimes your paychecks are gone before you even get your first paycheck, right? You know, people will be like, it's payday, I'm so excited. But at the same time, you're like, it's gone before it is even hit my hands. Get to a point where you can start to say this money is going to be good for tomorrow. Whatever you need to do in your life to stop living from check to check. Maybe you need to carve out some additional time that you're using for recreation now. Perhaps you need to uh, find some more motivation and inspiration in your life to take another step into another direction that maybe you're unfamiliar with. Examine all the things you're good at. I would say there's 60% of people who don't realize their potential because they don't swim into cold waters very often. And they're afraid of what they find when they get over there. Stop being afraid of the unknown and really go for it. You'll be surprised as what happens next. The money that can work for you in the future is going to be the greatest thing you ever do for yourself. It's going to fall into line with the investments and taking the side gigs and things like that. However, once you build a a budget, it can only grow from there and capitalize off of what you already have in front of you. Another one is... Money is easier to save when you don't see it. This was a great lesson that I had to teach myself. Um, You know, I don't know if you know the difference in this, but for me, whenever I have money on my cards, it's so much easier for me to save it. When I have to take it out for some reason and I have cold, hard cash, it's so easy for me to spend. Every time I go to the store, the money, the cash stares at me right in the face saying, spend me. Every time I go anywhere, I could be at the car wash. And if I am at the pay register and I go into my, I go into my wallet, I go for the cash before I go for the card. And it's unbelievable how fast that cash disappears. I try to keep just enough to be able to tip people in my purse. But other than that, I don't carry around cash. And it's probably one of the smartest things that you could do because I just had my identity stolen a couple weeks ago and that runs rampant and people can't steal your identity off cash. However, it is important to understand, don't bring the cards with you. Only take the card with you that you need an emergency, but take the cash out that you're going to need, but then stop at that because if you take extra out, you're going to spend the rest of the cash too. It's just the way the world works. A lot of vendors and things accept cash only because they have to pay a penalty on cards that you use. So they're going to take you for the cash that you have all day long. And as long as you're opening your wallet and you see it every time you turn around, you're going to spend it. So have yourself on a plan. Maybe get a low-term credit card with a little bit amount of money on it. So it doesn't matter if somebody steals it, you know, because there's so many crooks and thieves out there. But I'm bitter. And use that for everything that you need. 
make sure that it is a, a credit card and that it has a very low spending balance. And then take the rest in cash that you know that you're going to spend, but don't take any more than that because you will spend it. Take it from me. Money is easier to spend when you see it. You don't spend it when you don't see it unless you know that a ton of it's there. Another one is making the moments that make your make spending your money count. So if you have opportunities to do things that don't cost any money, you want to want to utilize those. They're very underestimated, very underutilized. There are so many fun things to do in life that don't cost any money. I, uh, I know that at the end of the day, it's costing somebody money. Uh, my economics teacher used to say, there's no such thing as a free lunch, meaning there's nothing that comes for free. Uh, even the national parks cost something to go into. But find the things that you love to do that you've already paid for and get the most out of the money that you've already spent because you will thank yourself later. Of course, we all want to have a ton of money and we all want to do a ton of things. Uh, I am no different from anybody else, especially with the, with the type of things that I like to spend money on. However, I, like everybody else, have to sit and challenge myself sometimes to how far I can take things and what are the lessons that I've learned in reflection that would keep me from making the same mistakes twice or three times. And that is a challenge that I look forward to sharing with all of you because that's why we're on this journey together is to make these items work in our favor to be our best selves and be our strongest selves, right? Another one is, like anything else in life, as soon as you stop tracking, money will get the best of you and the next thing you know, you're broke, right? So this goes back to number one, tracking your money is so important, budgeting your money out, you know, if you stop tracking these things and expect them to take care of yourself, like if you put yourself on a recurring service where the same amount of money gets taken out of all your accounts for all of your bills at the same time every month, then you're going to be under the assumption that those are getting paid and you're not going to look at them as much. You're not going to be as aware of them as you usually are because you're used to it taking care of itself. And that's exactly when one of your cards is going to run out of money or something that is unexpected is going to be taken out or somebody is going to use your card for something else or something's going to happen and it's going to screw up your cycle and you're going to get late payment on your credit and you'll never be able to live that down. I think it's like seven years you'll be punished for that. So definitely, definitely, always track what's going in, track what's going out. Make sure that you're being good to yourself in that regard and not letting it slip through the cracks. Another one is still to splurge and re reward yourself. Just not for nothing. I, you know, will have times where I really feel like it's of the essence to go out and really celebrate, right? And sometimes celebrating costs a lot of money. But I cut the corners and cut things back throughout the year, throughout throughout all of the other months or weeks so that I'm able to do that and still be able to put money away. Now, I don't see that money. I put it in a place where when I check my bank account, I don't see it. The only thing that I see when I look at my bank account is what is available to spend. I don't know uh, where to see any of the others because when I went to the bank, I physically, I actually told them, I said, I only want to see what I need to pay my bills. I don't want to see anything else. And so they agreed uh, and I have it just pipelined over there and I have only put into my account exactly what I need. 
Um, it's a, it's also a blessing and a curse because when I feel like I'm low on stuff, I have an anxiety attack and then I remember that I'm, I'm trying really hard to, you know, not see anything else, which is great. Anyway, another one is be the rainy day person and have the fallbacks. So you might've heard before of the old ladies who, um, you know, don't trust the government and they wrap their cash up in socks and put them between the mattresses and the shoe boxes and things like that. I'm not saying go as old school as that. I don't even go as old school as that. But definitely have rainy day funds. Maybe you're the only person who knows about it. Or maybe it's something that you have as a fallback or overestimating or overreaching certain things. But you definitely want to make sure that you're set up for yourself in the event of a disaster. Um, You know, in the area I live in, sometimes things will get shut down. When they get shut down, you always want to have the ability to have emergency funds, emergency supplies, and emergency funds set aside. Because a lot of your electronical money, uh, you know, if it falls by the wayside, you don't have any other way of tracking anything else. You know what I mean? So definitely have some rainy day funds set aside and make sure that it's expendable that it doesn't have to go for a bill or anything like that that it's just there in case you need it and if you're listening to this and you're like yeah okay that's that's fine I don't make enough money to have that kind of thing that's fine if you work on all the other tips I just told you about then it will come it will come hopefully I'm also still working on this so stay tuned for all that Um, success stories Um, another one is educate yourself on interest rates for cars homes and cards meaning at the world that we're living in right now the interest rates are hitting record lows it's time for refinancing it's time for looking into the money that you could be saving by elongating certain terms And uh, you can really benefit yourself by lowering your monthly payments on some of your already standing bills. While you're eliminating the recurring finances that you have that you're not longer paying attention to, setting up your rainy day fund might be the money that you're saving in getting rid of the items that you're not using so much anymore, right? So if you have any questions about that, you know, the interest rates are posted on the internet all the time and are clearly displayed for you to understand how long they will be in effect for, how they're going to affect the public, um, you know, whether it's a bubble, whether it's a risk, or it is a secured, you know, decision to make. I called all of the banks whenever the pandemic first went into effect and started talking to them about all of their present interest rates. I went through and refinanced everything as best as I could, I went through and made sure I had all of my insurances up to date so that I didn't have to worry anymore of a fluctuating, you know, bottom out with a certain interest or or something like that. If they skyrocketed, that wasn't going to affect me because I was locked into a fixed interest rate. So just make sure that you have that stuff going for you. If you've got insurances that you're looking at, I made sure that I picked up a gap insurance in case anything happened to my car because I wasn't sure if I was going to be traveling across country to some place that was safer or if I was going to be sticking around, but I was going to be traveling more. Like I didn't know what that was going to be happening, you know, what that was going to happen with me. So um, 
you certainly, certainly want to make sure that you keep your eyes on the interest rates. And lastly, uh, you know, you always want to prep for the unseen. Uh, The unseen meaning you want to make sure that you have a goal, a a will, a, um, you know, your retirement plans. If your company matches, you definitely want to put in as much as possible. It's free money. Uh, it's definitely something that's going to set you up for your future. Sure. You may not be seeing that money right now, but you can talk about it in your taxes. You can put it together. Uh, you know, that's another thing that you don't want to look at, right? You just want to put as much money as you can possibly afford into your retirement and then not look at it again. Very, very important. That money is going to then work for you and you want as many things working for you when you're not paying attention to them as absolutely possible. Your daily, you want to track, right? Your future of money, you want to let take care of itself. Set up as many seeds as possible to create a garden of wells for yourself when you're in retirement stage. If you're listening to this and you are in retirement stage, it's never too late to have the side hustles when they can start working money for you. I know a lot of people that found a lot of success in just staying, uh, you know, current on the most growing, you know, channels on YouTube, the most growing uh, and recent, I mean, Amazon Fulfillment Centers, they have people that have businesses that are able to travel all over the country in an RV because all they have to do is stop by, take their product, put their notes in their product, send it to the fulfillment center, and that's it. They only have to do it a couple months, and sometimes they have their surplus sent to them wherever their RV is parked, right? Because a lot of their surplus comes from countries like China, places overseas where it takes a couple months for the product to come through. But once it does, they put their own brand and spin on it and they're able to sell it and then continue to make money for a small membership fee on Amazon per month. So it's definitely those side hustles can work for you, especially once you get into the process of doing things, say seasonal items, sell more Uh, frequently and at higher wages than regular items. I mean, you put the research in, it really can be beneficial for you. And we've talked about um, retail arbitrage and things like that in several episodes of this podcast. So definitely leaf through, but don't uh, neglect to do your own research as well. Anyhow, I'm out of time. I hope that this was able to help you and that you're able to utilize some of these secrets to create your own financial stability Uh, Thank you for listening to Stash and Cash. Until next time, have a great morning, afternoon, and good night.